Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Further in the tape, I came across another part that made me throw my headphones right off my head. I couldn't believe what I heard. Coca-Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all night. I've got dancing legs. Again, and welcome to episode 85 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Meisenheimer. I'm Jay Duke. And I'm Slamo. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Dickens Tasmanian Cider. Dickenscider.com.au. I know there's nothing that my wife likes better after our long hard days at work than a good hard Dickens Cider. What about you, Steve? Does your wife like a good dick insider? Usually, just before she goes to sleep. Favourite cider of Terry Dunfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I was making me laugh. <laughs> I didn't know how it would connect. <laughs> so this is part two of our, our round table out here near the Alberta border. Or Langley, as some other people know it. So we're going to have a look to kick things off with the the crunch question. Who should stay? Who should go? Let's start off with the goalkeepers. Um, I don't see much change there. We got Ostad, Tornagi and Carducci. Do anybody see anything change there? Or obviously two of them for sure will stay. I think all three will stay. I don't know if this is the time to talk about this, but... Are we going to talk about protected lists? Because I know that's yeah, no, the, you can mention that if you yeah, want. Yeah, we can, we can I, cover it. I know there's some people who say, oh, Usted's on a high salary and, you know, don't don't protect him or whatever. But I think that would be a little bit ridiculous. I, I, I agree. Because even though Orlando or New York might not want him, some other club might. Exactly. Yeah. You can't take that risk. For sure. Yeah, he's he's going to be taken. He's the clean sheet king of the season. No question. And when you look at what... I think we'll probably lose Tornagi. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think anybody will pick him up. You don't think but, so? No, well, not 70,000. That's back. the thing. That's, why? Yeah. If you're Tornaghi right now, why would you even... Why wouldn't you say... Hey, like it was fun here. You guys are great, but if I'm only gonna, if I'm not, if I'm gonna play zero minutes again, yeah. what's the point for him? Because I've yeah. already said he wants to play Champions League. He wants to play every league game. He wants to play all the cup games. He wants to play Carducci Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. But there's gonna be USL. Yeah, well, that's where Carducci's gonna start. There's, there's also just to throw this in there. There's Callum Irving, the former residency product, that is lighting it up. 
And his yes. third year at Kentucky. Totally. Now. He's won two Player of the Week awards for NCAA. I think he's won a Player of the Month too. Possibly, player. and it's like he's really highly, highly rated. He's still in his third year, so he might have another year to go. But that's another option. So I, I, I can't see Ternagi hanging around. No, uh, they probably be, there's always some option for a backup keeper that they know is not going to play too much. And he's a class dude. Like yeah. never heard a word. No, no, no always supportive. He played a PDL oh, match. Yeah, so, he's, a, he's a top-notch quality club Yeah, he, he's too good not to be yeah. playing. So and for, I would almost want him to go just because I think too. he yeah. deserves like a shot where he'll get uh, to play. Some and he has the pedigree. Right? It's not like yeah, he's just no. some plug that you know yeah. just made it through in the yeah. sixth round of yeah, the yeah, of no. the draft. No, you know he's he could be a star someday, right? Like he might be one of those guys starting in the ML yeah. because he's young too. Yeah, right? he's not that old. No. Well, okay, so we kind of decided on that fullback. Uh, you got you know, Stephen Bettishore, you got Jordan Harvey, you got Sam Adekubi, you got Ethan Sampson. I think Sam Adekubi is the obvious choice to come back. There's no way they're getting rid of him. Ethan Sampson, I think, deserves to come back. It, whether you think he's good enough or not, I think he deserves no, to have I, another I, shot I, at it. I'm, I'm turned on him now. Yeah, so but I, I think, I think he, he deserves to be yeah, coming no, back in as another shot. Castillo. Hello. Hello. <laughs> So but the big thing is fullbacks. Yeah, the thing is, Beta Shore and Harvey. Now, with all these guys being protected, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael's mentioned in the past. There's a chance that Beta Shore or Harvey could be unprotected. I, I think they'll leave one of them unprotected. I think you're right. Like, who would you unprotect? Like, Beta Shore is the guy that's not had a very good season this year. I think he's been one of the more disappointing players. He wasn't bad, but, but he's, no. But for what I, he was I, sold at, he, he's been disappointing. He's also had like, his injury problems yeah. down the stretch, which on that salary. Ooh. And then you got Harvey, who's been, you know, I've turned around from last year completely on. But Baker's also not hitting Wando and Lenhard and whoever in San Jose. Yeah, and who true. knows what he's been but, 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 but the crosses, yeah, but he's hardly had any crosses, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. But maybe maybe that was intentional. Maybe Robinson yeah. said, hey, yeah, we don't because know even, yeah. even Harvey has been at times more limited going forward yeah. than he had been in the past. Yeah. Maybe it was a direction from Robinson saying, no, yeah. we're bringing this down the middle. Yeah. Give it to give it to Pedro. Yeah. Let him deal with it. You guys can, can you know, when there's an opportunity to go forward. So maybe it was, whereas in, when he was in uh, San Jose and you've got Shea Salinas ahead of him, overlap all you want. Yeah, Pump some balls into Alan Gordon and Lenhart and, and let them dust it up in there. Yeah. So out of the two, who would you keep and who, like if there was a choice, if you had um, to. And who would you expose and who, I think if you were, bring both back, everybody would probably well, bring both back. if you have back. to, you're keeping Harvey. Harvey's like working himself into being the face of the, of the club. Yeah. Six, right? I love his pirate look. I would love that to be the face of the he's club. The, you know, he's the mustache well. guy now. Yeah, yeah. Like he's obviously going to be protected just for his exactly. Do you think like a David I, Beckham that, mini? Yeah, Some exactly. of the I'll throw out though about Harvey is that obviously they extended his contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the summer or whenever it was, maybe made it more expensive to yeah. take somebody. It take? could be that they've done that with the view that no one's going to then want to take him on because he's got this contract extension. But I think now, left backs now, are Zach, so. Zach's shaking his head here. Left backs are no, so I, hard. I, to find. I, I think my heart. My Hurt would be with you, Slamo. I think I would probably keep Jordan here over Beta. I just have a feeling that it might be they might do the opposite. I, that's not based on anything. That's just what I think what they might do. But I think overall, you would bring if it was no expansion draft, you would definitely bring both back. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because then yeah, we're set at fullback. I feel like maybe we're more set at fullback than we've ever been in MLS. We have two guys who can play on the left, well, two guys who can play on the right. And I, I've been hugely critical of Harvey in the past, and he he's my unsung hero of the year sort of thing. He he was great all year. Um, 
and I'm also a guy who thinks that you could start Sam, uh, you know, in yeah. the MLS, and I'd be totally fine with that. Are there going to be some hiccups? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I, I do think that, that Sam is ready to play a lot of MLS minutes. But bringing Jordan back as well, I think can only kind of help that. If you actually allow Sam to get more minutes in the Voyager's Cup games and in play him in the odd PDL game, maybe some Champions League games, and I, I, I think that would be a big help without having him to play the whole season. Okay, so kind of somewhat got a consensus on the fullbacks. Let's go to the middle, the center backs. I think Waston and Levron, I think you definitely are keeping and you're bringing back. The big question, I think, is Andy O'Brien. Uh, we know there's a song for him to about not letting him go and everything like that. But Sing it, sing it, Steve. No, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, but I think we don't have time. <laughs> but what would you do with Andy O'Brien? Would you protect him? Would you... I think you would bring him back at a lower... So he's even said he would take a beat. I would do a Nagby thing. I would not protect him and say like, oh, Andy doesn't want to go anywhere else. If he goes anywhere else, he'll retire and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it didn't work for that guy. It from worked, Houston. For worked for Portland. It didn't work for yeah. Houston. But it it worked did. Brian Chang. Brian Chang. It did. It did work for Well, they had to spend money to get bring him back. Yeah. It was nothing, though. I want you all to debate there. I like to just piss off another team, but... Picking the guy that you you don't want. Yeah, so that might happen. Yeah. But I think Andy becomes our uh, LA Galaxy 2, Lauren Courtois yeah. there or whatever. His I, name I is. can definitely see that role for him. I was going to ask that on Monday, but kind of ran out of time because he talked for nine minutes. And I, then all of a sudden it was like, last question. And it was like, ah, crap. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see him doing that role. He is interested in coaching. Yeah. He's been great with the young guys, not just the defenders, but the forwards as well. Because... He's been teaching, yeah. He's yeah, been teaching them how a central defender would play and defend against a guy that's doing that, yeah. which is basically elbow them in the in the ribs. Yeah. Um, but he's been great at that. I think if a deal can get done, they'll try and bring him back. There is a chance they'll leave him unprotected in the risk that no one's going to pick him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. For me, the big thing here is what do you do with Christian Dean? He's too good not to be getting minutes, and his development will just get. Completely, well, like we said with Corducci, you got the USL Pro next year. Yeah, he, he's still 24. Center backs are shouldn't normally play at such a young age. You usually, get more veteran players to play. But he's he's going to be looking at his his friend Birnbaum yeah. uh, at DC, DC, who is two years older than him. Yeah, but he's going to see all the minutes that he's got coming into the league, and he's going to and he has been. It's like Carl said this that he regularly meeting with him, saying when am I going to be playing? When am I getting my minutes? So it's going to be frustrating for him. When I spoke to him earlier this year, he basically said he's never had this situation where he's never been playing. And he has found it tough. And it might not even be a case that whatever the Caps want to do, he might just say, please let me go. Well, then I don't think you can fall for that with a GA contract. But what, what you could do is, essentially, I don't think Carl Mitchell's coming back. I think no. I, well, I the, think he's going to move what on. I've heard, You've heard that he's that going he's to going Korea. Korea. Yeah. So if, if Christian Dean moves up one spot to the number four spot, this year we've used is that four centre-backs. It, it could be. What, what I've heard is he's going to play with Martin Rennie in Korea. And surprising to me because I never thought Rennie was that big a fan of his. But, I mean, he'll he'll tower over the, play, the other players down there. You thought he was good at heading the ball here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine him in Korea. Unchallenged. Uh, but this... Uh, 
uh, like I was saying before, with Carl Mitchell gone, Christian Dean moves up to number four, and there has been playing time for four center backs. We've had injuries. True. Uh, Andy Ryan's no well, going to go down. Yeah. Levron might go to. Um, That's true. International duty. So I think yeah. they can convince the Christian Dean that you're going to get playing time next year in MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's not going to be a big issue with playing time for him next year. Now we've gone from that midfield. Uh, do, you, do you want to break it down? Holding midfields first. Yeah, let's look at the DMs. So DMs, you guys, you got um, obviously Matias Laba. He, he's definitely coming back. Um, Russell Tiber, Gershner Kofi. Those are the three that are, you know, sure to coming back. Bryce. Brent, you got Bryce. Then you have uh, Medi Bellucci. Uh, those are the two that are kind of on the fence. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Bryce is bright. The club has one more option here on Bryce. Yeah. So it's going to be ultimately their decision. He is not worth 120000 No, but I mean, it's the it's it's GA money. Yeah, it's homegrown. doesn't count homegrown against money. homegrown money. It's cap, yeah. I don't care about that. It's just he should not be getting that money. It's like you're pissing Other away Other players shouldn't have to look at the salary release every year and go, what the hell, man? But we yeah. don't know if this was a big bump in pay and the next year it's going to be lower. Well, from what we I've, don't know. From what I've heard as well is that was like, after that contract was set, there'll be no more contracts like that for the homegrown guys. They're all... it's. Changed more now. like Russell's. Yeah, it's, it's more like Russell's. It's mm-hmm. more like what Kian's and what Mark is going to get. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be lower amounts. So that was a one-off, a yeah. kind of freak. But he isn't playing. Will he want to play and, USL Pro? And Kenny. He's going like, to have to play USL Pro next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, at, at this Pro point, he's number sure. five, obviously. Yeah. And with Keon's coming in, he could even bump, be bumped out to number six. And Robo wants to, sadly, he wants to play a four-four-two diamond, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so... But he, well, in a four-four-two diamond, Bryce could play three... Easily play three or or even all four of those positions, really. But who's he going to be out? That's the, the thing. Oh, yeah, that's, he's, he's the thing not is, not, not right now. You have right Bryce now. is not good enough, and then you have two. We talked about those guys. Keons, we talked about. You got two other guys that are coming up the pipe, so, which is Mitch Perot, which is Carl Robinson is huge on. Yeah, and then good. also from the college ranks, like you said, Callum Irving has had a good year. Ben McKendry's had a phenomenal year and yeah. he's he's ranked, rated very <coughs> high. Ben McKendry was, was ranked the number one player in Conference USA. And that's voted by coaches. And he's also in his third year uh, at New Mexico. So Ben McKendry has got options and he might be another guy that wants to come out of college early. Kyle Robinson is very high in him and we'll just have to wait to see what happens. So I, I just don't see how Bryce fits in. Medi Bellucci... He's surely going to just be left unprotected. He's going to be left unprotected, but I think if he Maybe comes... Maybe someone's John Thorrington. No, he, I think he could even come back as a number five you know, depth player or no, whatever, no, if there's no spots. Someone will John Thorrington. Oh, you think so? He hasn't yeah, really impressed me either. Like he's, He impressed in training, and then when he got on the pitch, he didn't impress. And I just don't see him fitting in. Although, well, I think Carl Robinson likes him still, though. Cal likes everyone. Okay. I thought the same thing about Medi Belushi when I've seen Bryce and his limited, you know, first team minutes, and that's the, they went on. And I went, yeah, that was that was okay. He played some minutes, didn't really do it, didn't make any mistakes, yeah, it wasn't bad, didn't do it. Yeah. But the but the fact of the matter is, there's so many other people who have either already shown that they're above them on the depth chart. Or whose ceilings are higher? Yeah, yeah. With, with guys like Keons, yeah. with guys like Marco, uh, that those guys have higher ceilings. They're they're gonna. But you need be, some MLS veterans on the bench too. That you you, you can't have just all that, young that's guys. That's the thing. So like there is a worry that the squad is going to be really light on veterans because the guys that Carl's going to look to bring in are probably going to be at the most mid twenties. You would think. 
but probably lower yeah. lower end. So you have to keep some veterans around. Well, you have Harvey or Bish. Yeah. But, but I think the, coming back to Bryce, the, the thing with Bryce is he was one of the people who got the worst end of the or lack of a development yeah. structure. Yeah, big time. Oh, because yeah. because he, was, totally. he was dominant in PDL. Yeah. He like ran the show in PDL or helped Cole run the show in PDL with guys like uh, Felipe, da- Felipe Davies and Alex. Remember, and, well, he was dominating yeah. in your 18s. That was the Starfire tournament was like his coming out party mm-hmm. and he stood out in that, yeah. in that group in that So he's and he's a classic sure. player who's yeah. development has I, been yeah. stunted by and, and even in Voyager's Cup against TFC, I don't think he played too poorly. I think he I think he held yeah, his own. I'm not saying he's not going to develop into an MLS he player, but he's not ready now and yeah. he's not gonna get the minutes to develop. No. So you have to if you love him, let him go, and if but he's yours, so, he'll come back. Yeah, but so this is so this is this is one of the bigger questions. So yeah, you're right. Is okay. Are they just going to let him move because they hold the option? Yeah. So are they going to let him go and say, yeah, okay, things aren't working out here. We want you to go somewhere else. Are they going to say, no, we've invested four years of residency, which is roughly four hundred thousand dollars in you, plus we've been paying you a hundred thousand dollars plus for two or three years. Are they really going to say, let's just get rid of all that? Yeah, he's pretty much a million-dollar yeah. player now, right? Yeah. No, he was he wasn't playing hundred thousand every year. It was this is the first year he was playing. No, he's, he's been on hundred thousand yeah. for no. a couple of years. No. Oh, yeah. anyway, by the way, right? no, yeah. it was seventy when he signed. Was it seventy? Yeah, uh, but that's besides the point. Okay, so let's go to attacking mid now. Uh, moving things along, you got Pedro Morales. I'd keep him. Yeah, I think so. He's uh, Nicholas Mesquita. And then you have Marco Bustos, who will be joining the team. Obviously, he's going to stay with the team. There's no way. Unless some European yeah. team comes in with a big offer or Chilean team. <laughs> um, but Nicholas Mosquito would be the big question. Obviously, I think he would probably would be unprotected at this point. Who Do you think he comes back oh, if he's not picked I up? I mean, who's going who's gonna to really take Nicholas Mosquito in the in the... In the draft, I was just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, good point. But I, I mean, he the, at least Jebrowski, right? At least Not everybody thought that. But at least Jebrowski played a bunch of minutes, so you could actually ha- watch him and see. Uh, Mesquita's had like so limited amount of time, and I feel bad for the the kid because in preseason at the beginning of the year, yeah, yeah. Well, he awesome. was dominant. Yeah. He was so good, and I know it's preseason, and really well. they looked so good together. And I thought, man, this kid. Could be the real deal today. And then Pedro shows up. And then Pedro shows up. You yeah. just kept thinking there's going to be a way to get the three of them on the field together. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there never really was. No. But the thing is, he likes to play the number 10 role. Yeah. And that's what he's best at. Yeah. yeah. And then when you've. When he's been played out wide or whatever, he he's just a, hasn't... No, he's had a couple of moments, but he hasn't been yeah, effective, yeah. totally effective. But then when he has moved in to play the number 10. He's not been dominant either, and no. it's hard to come into a team when you haven't been playing and then take that role on. Yeah, when, I, you're, I, that, when you're that engine, you're the offensive engine yeah. of the squad, and it's like, you know, you've been sitting in the garage the whole time. Yeah, you can't just come in and boom. Right? Yeah, well, especially if it's come in for 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. He's, but if he's being paid like 60000 $65,000, would you bring him back? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't have a problem with him bringing him back. I, I would. What were you, Guff? I was high on him in pre-season. I liked him at training. I don't feel he's done enough. I'd leave him unprotected. Um, if we can bring him back cheap, great. But I, if you he be, left, I wouldn't be that unhappy. Remember, either. you could always cut him before pre-season training. True. It's not like you're going to keep him. The thing is, with Champions League, he's he's going to be valuable there a little bit too. 
And he'll get some minutes there. I, I worry that he would be, for different reasons, but he would be a Lee Wen. I would that take him, he, yeah. I he would, leaves, if I was Orlando or New York, I'd take him. And he ends up going to somewhere like D.C. or, or something like yeah. that. And they plop him in there behind uh, Eddie Johnson and, and Espindola. Yeah. And he lights it oh, up yeah. and, and has, has 18 assists and 6 goals next yeah. year. And it wouldn't surprise me. You yeah, can look at the, the weak teams as well because he could get picked up by, say, a San Jose or a Columbus or Because you have to remember that everybody, the whole league is going to be looking at that unprotected list mm-hmm. and calling and saying, hey, listen, you pick up so-and-so, we'll flip yeah. blah, blah, blah to you, you know, or whatever. Which, which, is, what, which is what has happened for every draft. expansion draft. Every expansion draft, yeah. exactly. There's also the re-entry draft and everything as well. That, we, we, we once had Alan Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At one point, yeah. That all being said, yeah, I, I do think minutes. that... I do think he's a guy you can roll the dice on and say, I don't think anybody, he's cheap, yeah, but I don't think anybody's going to pick him just because he's had so limited minutes and he did really, who's going to be watching the preseason games on PVR when he was so dominant? Smart clubs. Yeah. Which, I don't of see which there Orlando are, or New York being smart. Of which there are none in the MLS. So New York is going to bring a lot of their own Manchester you know, City players that they want to develop from South yeah. America. So they're going to need international spots. Yeah. So Columbus calls up uh, NYC yeah. and says, we need, we want this mosquito. You take him, we'll flip you an international spot because nobody's coming to Columbus. <laughs> right? Yeah, I totally lost it. And Orlando Aztec, they're not going to be bringing anybody in either. So <laughs> I, I don't see them. You know. well, I thought we were going to call them Barney City. Whatever. No, Orlando City Thieves. That's what they are. So, uh, so you know, obviously that's that's the whole midfield we have. Well, Seba, unless you want to No, I was going to bring him as, as, okay. as a forward winger kind of thing. So the forward wingers, that's where the, you know, where, we never talked about Mike. Yeah, well, we're going to bring him up. Who? To relax. Mike. Calm down. Stead at ease. Um, so the four spots, that's the where, you know, I think see the, obviously the most changeover. Whether people get picked up or not in the expansion draft, I think you'll see a lot of changeover. Obviously, we got Darren Maddox and Eric Otato as our two main strikers this year. <laughs> Kakuta Man. <laughs> so, so I just involuntarily came out there. Uh, the, the the three main wingers we had by the end of the season, which was uh, Mane, Fernandez, and Rosales. I think we can all agree that Salgado is definitely going to be gone, so we don't even need to mention him. He might even be gone by the time this podcast comes out. It's true. So what do you guys think about there, those guys? that First of all, let's talk about Maddox or Tato. What do you guys think? Have we morphed them into one? Because we might get a player that has no control and can't finish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've already got one of them done. So, Darren Maddox, Eric Hurtado, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's all these rumors swirling around, and, you know, there's been the... <laughs> that's what I'm swirling. So you're swirling, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been people mentioning Darren reconnecting with Caleb in Portland, and, you know... Oh, I don't see that. Uh, maybe a swap for Maxi Pajuruti? <laughs> So yeah, I I think uh, I think no I think I think no one would be surprised that her t- Eric's back here next year and that Darren is not back here next year. No, do you think somebody in MLS will take him, or do you think he's going to be going off to Europe? Someone take Darren? I, oh, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think. Do you think he wants to go to Europe, or do you think he wants to maybe? Stick well, he might want to go to Europe, but he <laughs> he too. want he thinks that he could step into the yeah. Manchester no. United yeah. lineup he he's and solve their problem. Deal. No, no. Here, here's no. I, we, play we, center back? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we sold him to a, a smaller European side and he went and could do some damage. Like in the right, 
in the right in the right setup um, with his speed, with the right you know people feeding him. And I hear they're paying well in Cyprus right now. Yeah. No, yeah, not Cyprus. Light it up, Cyprus, it up in Finland. Jamaican be crazy man. <laughs> so Hurtado, I think he comes back because unless he's he gets, cheap, unless they expose him for some reason, hard, he's got a good attitude. Yeah. The only thing, and I've been hard on on Eric, but uh, you've I, had a hard on for Eric. I, <laughs> that may have come out wrong. Um, I, I've been really tough on him. Throughout the season, throughout his career, um, credit where it's due. He he has worked his tail off, especially in the run-in. He went through that hot streak where he was playing all right, but, man, he was just, like, just firing the lights out. And then he hit that slump, and he was playing bad. But he's kind of turned the play around, yeah. still can't finish, still has a bit tough, bad touch, except for off his chest. He could trap the ball on his chest like nobody else on the team. But my worry for him is that I don't know if he plays into the vision of what Robinson is trying to move forward with. If if he's your fourth forward, your or option, third or fourth yeah, striker, I'm fine with keeping him around. That's fine. But I and he's on a low salary too. I don't ever want to to see Eric Hurtado in my starting starting eleven next year. Yeah. I, I I agree with you that he worked uh, really hard. I disagree that he doesn't. Fit in with how we played this year because he, I don't think he was. I think he did an admirable job, as you said. Yeah. But as a lone striker in a four-two-three-one, I was just. I, I again, he did better than I expected, but I was just surprised that. Well, he he held the ball up, which then allowed the wing yes. to run in. But that's not what you want from your main striker. Well, you well, want that. Well, you want that, that's you yeah. want that, but you also want some finishing yeah. as well. Yeah. Unless it works, and then the finishes he had this year, there were yeah, there were some quality. Okay, finishes. but some of them, I, I, I the, the, some of the like that yeah, one against Seattle, which I voted year. for, was phenomenal. His head, he was not looking for a spot to pick that ball. He, the cutbacks were unbelievable. The work up to that, unbelievable. Yeah. But he buried his head and he hammered that sucker as hard as he could, and it happened to go on the underside of the bar and in. That that was that was more of a fluke than well, anything. Also, on the thing on that one, Fry ducked his head for some reason instead of like yeah. you know trying what to save him. What, okay, what, about, what about what about the Columbus left-footed strike? Uh, that, uh, uh, stunning, absolutely yeah. stunning. But, but for every time he did that. He tried it six times and it and it went flying off into the corner. Or he instead, when you're going, oh, you like one touch and you're gonna have a great chance Wait, on goal and it yeah, goes it's not a, out for a goal it's kick. It's not a good thing when a striker has a shot on so, that and it goes out for a throw in. So you're yeah. saying he was inconsistent? <laughs> you can say that. So maybe his contract won't be renewed then. No, he's under contract. It depends on if you want him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a reference to something else. Oh, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the three wingers we got the three arm three well, main wingers Manny Manny Fernandez and Rosales I think Rosales on a lower contract would be nice to keep I don't think I'd they could on. leave him unprotected I think and then Fernandez too I'll you know. be marching on the front office with my lit torch if that happens and if, they, if they don't protect him if they don't if they let Mauro get taken I won't be happy Stay with Michael McCall for, 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 for those who are not watching from home, Michael is wearing a, not quite rave, but definitely a green top right now. Actually, it would be Poker. fun watching Rosales and Kaka. Hmm. Sorry, do you call Rosales Kaka? <laughs> <laughs> so how about Fernandez? He, well, it's all going to depend, uh, and as I wrote in my article on MLS last week. He, he, Rosales is one of the, like you were talking earlier about not having leadership. 
Um, Rosales is one of those guys, especially on a young team, he would be such a critical yeah. component to maintain. Yeah. So, uh, so for that reason alone, fancy. if you can get him on less than the four hundred and fifty thousand, you cut it in half. Whatever. I take it. Uh, even even three hundred, I, I I'd I'd be happy with three hundred for what he brings. I have no problem paying him what he's. Getting. So there's he's not going to stay a league DP, right? Or that's all up to his new contract. I guess it would be because he was a league DP, contract. right? Yeah. Like yeah. When, when he came to Vancouver, he wasn't a Vancouver DP. He was a league DP. Yeah, because he was a league DP in Chivas as well. Yeah. No, I think he was a proper DP in Chivas, okay. but then because of the transfer. An MLS can do what they want. It's like, hey, he's a league DP. Well, he's what four fifty. Yeah. yeah. No, but so he was being this DP go to next year. Is it three seventy five? Well, that's yeah. the thing as well. But we don't was, know so what new CBA is going to be. Will there even be a season next year? <laughs> hey. Otherwise, we'll have a lot of air time to fill and Sabutio or something. So uh, we got some guys that are kind of coming back off loan. Um, quick comments about them. You know, you got Caleb Clark. Um, Mamadou Diof and Andre Lewis who's coming off an injury Caleb Clark's deal is up this yeah, year and, yeah, he, and he will I, I'd be shocked if he signed a new contract with the Whitecaps he wants to go to Europe he's he'll going be to in, Europe. in Germany somewhere I, yeah he'll be in, in Europe in December January. so that's sad loss for real yeah I, I like the guy As, especially, quality especially considering our needs I mean <laughs> yes. yeah. there was a lot of times this year where, and last year where I went man it'd be nice to have you know Caleb and just a two footed striker in oh. MLS like how many are there I would be gold on that alone I always thought he was left footed because we were at a residency game once he is left footed he, no he's not he's right footed we were, at, we, were at MLS, we were at a residency game once he takes a PK with his left foot and I can't remember with his left foot yeah he scores yeah, he's left footed no he's not because I said that to one of the guys. I said to one of his teammates. I was like, well, yeah, he's left-footed. They're like, no, he's right-footed. I'm like, I saw him take a penalty with his left foot. And he's like, they were like, yeah. And do you know how much trouble he got in from Richard for doing that? No way, really? And, yeah. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah. Or maybe he told me that. But like, yeah, the coach was mad. He's like, I just want to try taking a penalty with my right, left foot. Yeah. And he scored. That's incredible. So, but well, he, the he fact that we have to argue about what foot he is strongest with is pretty good, though, right? Yeah. So what do you guys think about the other two guys? You got Mamadou Diof and Andre Lewis. Are they... Obviously, they're not going to be protected at all. But but do you think do you think they come back and do something, or do you think they're more USL pro uh, material? Andre Lewis still has months of rehab. Yeah, um, Mamadou is he still in Charleston? Where is he? No, no, he's back he's, with the tell. Season's okay. over. Yeah, his Charleston oh, yeah. season was over. He came back, but he was training. training. Yeah, he was training. Um, I think he might be a good you know fourth striker if he if he's not an international player. But neither of them. Okay, not okay. Is Andre Lewis's contract MLS? It is right. No, it's a loan. Is he? Nobody knows. Nobody knows no, that because okay. the MLS screwed up on that. Okay, but he was but, owned by New York. We drafted him. But Diouf doesn't have an MLS deal, right? Yeah, Diouf has yeah, he an does. MLS deal. He's an You're MLS thinking deal. of uh, Mena, Mena. No, Mena, Mena, I know doesn't. Mena yeah, doesn't. doesn't. No, Diouf was signed to an MLS deal and loaned out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he didn't count against the cap, and he wasn't counting against the roster. Oh, okay. So, what do you guys think about like? I, those are two perfect examples of guys that it would be nice to get them some games in USL Pro yeah, and yeah. see what you got. Yeah. And and rather than putting them in a system like down in Charleston where you have limited control and you're not watching every single minute not with your coaches, your style. yeah, bring them up here. Yeah. You know, put them in in USL Pro or 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 not. I'm 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 happy if we're not. Adam Men is a quality fellow, and I, I I hope the best for him. He. Good work ethic, played I think more than anyone thought he would in Charleston this year, and has the right attitude and the right drive. And I know he does. Yeah, he doesn't have a deal, but he's a he's a quality fellow. So that's our thoughts on who we should keep and stuff. 
Carl Robinson obviously isn't going to talk too much about what players he wants to keep and what ones he's going to protect, etc. just now. But we did get some audio from him last week, just talking about drafts in general, how he's going to approach the, the whole trades and expansion draft and everything that's going on. So here's a little bit from Carl Robinson. How difficult are some of the decisions going to be in, in terms of uh, expansion draft? Uh, you know? Very difficult, um, but that's a sign of a good team and a good squad. I have got decisions to make and I will make the decisions. And it will be for the benefit of, of the team and the club moving forward. And they're never easy. Uh, I have to put the personal side at, uh, to one side for to do that. Um, but I'll do it with honesty, like I've done all along when I make decisions on, on the team. And yeah, um, player personnel within that team is... Is, is going to upset a few people so um, there are tough decisions to be made there will be changes there will be additions uh, coming in in January because I want to strengthen the squad because I feel that if we're going to compete and try and get a, a home playoff game which was the goal this year which we didn't quite manage next year then we're going to need to do that and, and that will happen And do you see any trades going down before any of the drafts? Um, there's a lot, I've had a lot of conversations and a lot of talk um, about my players which is a positive sign because that means my players have done very well this year um, I've kept it open at the moment. I haven't said that I'm looking at doing anything um, unless something good comes to mind. Um, but you never say never. As soon as I say to you, I'm very close to a trade, nothing happens. And if I tell you that there's nothing on the table, something probably will happen tomorrow. So at the moment, it's just there's a lot of talk. But until the and I, I believe the trade dead trade window is only open for tw- tw- 12 hours, half a day, or something like that. So we better be prepared if we're going to do it. Ideally, for the goal scorer, are you looking to bring someone in that's got MLS experience and someone outside? Yeah, it's it's an option. Um, you know, I'll I'll turn over every rock. I know what's around in it, Major League Soccer, but in MLS, there's a lot of teams that don't want to give their their good players away, and I, I'm no different. I don't want to give my good players I've got in that locker room away. So, you know, getting MLS players is difficult. Obviously, with the expansion draft, with out contract players, with trades being possible then it does open a few avenues so that's something that we'll look at but also obviously we'll look we'll look abroad as well because you know that with the two new teams coming in the the quality is rising um especially in the western conference it seems to get tougher and tougher each year and it certainly will be next year so we're going to need to make a few additions and you know whether it'll be a european uh, player or be a south central american player then you know i'll i'll be doing a lot of traveling in the off season do you want to be in on the uh, Eric Torres sweepstakes? Or no? Yes, number one, first. Yes. Hope you, so, you, I hope so, yeah. You, listen. You have strong interest in um, you Would I like him in my team, Gary? 100% I would like him in my team. But if you ask all the other 19, 20 MLS coaches, I'm sure they'd say the same. Um, he's a fantastic young player. Unfortunately, he's not my player at the moment, so I can't talk about him. And if, if he is and someone's smiling on us from above, then I'd love to talk about him with you. Have I? No. No. So maybe you write and it will um, have a conversation. So we've talked about the players. We've got some possible trades that could come up. We've talked about Matics a lot. He might be a guy that we'll want to trade. Just want to quickly throw this around the table. If you could pick one, maybe two players that realistically the Whitecaps could trade for this off-season, that's within MLS, who would you want to, to trade for? I'll give you a little bit of time to think about that. I'll, I'll read what some of our, our listeners have said. Matthew DeCap at Eliza X on Twitter, he said Zhao Plata, which for me would be fantastic because he's a cap killer. And you want to get the guys that do damage against us. And also if you squint, it kind of looks like Camilo. 
<laughs> you know? If you just kind of squint when he's running what, around on there. What prescription like, oh. do you use? Kind of looks like Camilo. Yeah. You know, short little guy up front, <laughs> dancing back and forth. Peter T at the Barca show, he's a man after my own heart, although I don't think he's a vampire or a zombie, but he said, well brewing, because a new coach at Houston might want to shake things up a little bit. Now, I know... The Whitecaps did inquire about Will Bruin this season, obviously because they, they heard me suggesting that on the podcast. But they, they did inquire, but what Houston were wanting at that time in return was too much. Carnell Turton at Carnell Sitka. I don't think he's Alaskan, but he might be. Last year, I would have said Kenny Cooper. This year, I might still, but any proven MLS striker like Will Bruin wouldn't be a horrible treat. Does he say like Will Brewer? You know what? You know no, what would he be did better? honestly say like the, Will Brewer. The only thing that would be better than an ex-sounder is a player who's an ex-sounder and an ex-timber. That would just make my day. Right, Zach? And for people who obviously don't have this on live stream, Zach is right now turning red and... There's smoke coming out of his ears. Yeah. Well, Jamie Yeti at Cascadian Lion, he's talking about maybe getting Fernando Addy. I said realistic. No, yeah, that's not real. Yeah, They're right. not giving him up. And talking about ex-rivals players, Mike Corbin at Ferry Worker, he comes up with a, an interesting one. How about Gilberto? Because we all know what happens to TFC players once they move on. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. I, I thought Gilberto was a bit of a cart horse, complete donkey. But he did... Once he, he was a bit like Hurtado. Once he got a bit of confidence going, he actually looked not bad. He even South looked American. good at the beginning of the year, but he just couldn't score for the yeah. life of him. But he was doing a lot of really good things. Gilberto would be fantastic. Might want to offload a DP again as well. I think, though, if we're going to bring in a DP, I think it needs to be something more, someone more significant than Gilberto, if I can put it that way. I, I think... Name I'm going to throw out there, which isn't an MLS trade, but it's just... Carlton Cole, West Ham United striker. Big, six foot two, six foot three. Was interested in coming to MLS before, but things fell through. He's on the fringes at West Ham. He's got a subs role. Really good in the air, good with headers. He could be a player that I think Carl Robinson might be interested in. There's a few hammers in Vancouver that would love that, including the hammer. I think Adebayor would uh, be a nice fit here. Dave Hall at Dave Hall 111 he says Espindola from DC because he's a nasty bit of stuff. You must agree with that. I, I like a bit of nasty. Mike R- McGuire. R- Mike McGuire says Aurelian Collin is supposedly out of contract and he would be a great leader on the back line. Dave Hall said a Colin Waston back line would be lethal. Um, Literally. Also, yeah, possibly suspended for half the season. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Colin. I would have loved to have him here, but I think we've we've got our Aurelian Colin now in, in Kendall Waston, so we, we don't need any more centre backs. So that's some other guys' thoughts. What about, off the top of your head, one player quickly that you might want to bring in from any other MLS club? Steve. Those were all good choices, and there were a couple there that I would like to. There's one that I would bring if he was not on a high salary and we were convinced that he was going to be healthy and I would not bring like any striker I would bring in from MLS I would not want them to be my starting number one striker I want my number one striker from outside MLS because I don't think there is anybody that we can get in but if there's a backup guy that we would want the MLS veteran Connor Casey from Philadelphia I think he would be a nice fit 
He's like you say, he's a bit, little bit of nasty yeah. up front. Yeah, and, and I think he oh, would really thirty four, thirty three, thirty four. I, I, but I would want him as a backup. Um, and, and, and be but somebody that can come off the bench. Come as a backup. Well, he is. well, I think he's he's not he's not going. I don't think no. Philadelphia's not. I think Philadelphia's probably going to look for a starter as well. So uh, if he's exposed in say the expansion draft, yeah. and and we make a deal with Orlando, say you know we pick him and portray him to us, maybe do that. That's something that I would do. Connor Casey has some good years at Mainz in the Bundesliga in the Bundesliga too. Um, the Will Bruin one is interesting. I think yeah, that as again not as I agree with you, Steve. Any of these trades within MLS, I, hopefully they would not be our number one. Striker, um, but yeah, Will Bruin I think could bring some great experience and great goal scoring. Um, what another, about Stephen Lenhart? No, definitely not. Um, another one would be, uh, and so I'm, I know we've had various opinions on his play, um, and this year has not gone the way he would have liked it. But uh, the game against us, I think he played exactly how we could we could use him here, and that is still Rob Friend. Right? Mm. I, I think you can get him for very very. It's cheap. a number three option or something like that. Yeah, yeah, as your big man option off the bat. Like, again, not as your starting guy, but depends yeah. on injuries as well. True. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, as goes with any player. Yeah. But yeah, um, is he not on a high ticket? No, no he's on like ninety or less. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other player, I don't LA want ninety though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, the other player, the other, I don't want this player, but I can't think of another player that's quite like this. Uh, there's two, but I don't want them. <laughs> but uh, like Justin Map, Marco Papa, like yeah. a left-footed I, winger I like type player. I like I like, I like, yeah. Map. like a Map. It would be a good choice. Yeah, I don't want Map, but yeah, that kind of player. Yeah, yeah. We, we we need help. We need help. Wide. more true wide players. Yes, like not, Mane, not putting strikers. Yes, on wide. exactly. Kukuramane has done some great work wide because he's quick and he likes to cut in from that side. But he's one-dimensional. That's the problem with, uh, when he's wide. wide. When he crosses the ball in. It, no, uh, 50-50 chance it could get to the stays in the box. He's not a, a heels on the chalk, uh, on the chalk line, yes. and pumping in crosses from. He's yeah, not that kind of winner. No, no, and and you can use that once in a while. Yeah, I and I think that's going to be one of their targets, probably outside of the MLS. From inside of the, the MLS, it was brought up by one of the the, the Twitter write-ins, and that's Espindola. Uh, I've always been a big fan of his. It, it, he's he really well plays that edge between uh, getting red carded because of his feistiness, but also just being a real pain in the ass. And he can he can set up players. He can hold the ball. He's a, he, he's a good finisher. Now, like you said, this is I don't want this guy to be starting every game for you. But as your second striker, I, I think he would be a really good fit. He'd be nice on the wing too. He's a solid yep. player on the wing as well, Steve. Well, it's tough now with all the names out there. Spindola and uh, Bruin are uh, hard to shake from the head. So, uh, I don't know, somebody, maybe a Teal Bunbury? Or... <laughs> <laughs> maybe get uh, Tesho Akindeli while we're at it, since now he's going to play for the U.S. Yeah, that's so. another good choice. Yeah. yeah. Tesho, I think we do really well here. You know, if I would to, if it was like I would go another way and look for somebody who's sitting and maybe not getting and try to find that that diamond. Yeah, you know, like can have to look at East, Eastern Conference as well. Oh, Sunny Saad, yeah. Yeah, I think if we could pry him and put him in the right thing, he's a guy that I can Definitely. see like having a, that could get a good career, right? So I think Sunny Saad would be a good a good kind of dark horse oh, yeah. pickup that you might might get a lot out of. 
Because, yeah, I agree. I don't think we're not going to get our starting. We're not going to get Dom. We shouldn't, Dyer. definitely. Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you go after one of those guys, you're giving up way too much. Yeah. A writer, Aaron Campbell, he did suggest Dom Dwyer, but we said realistic. Yeah. It'd be great to He's, he's yeah. sniffing the diesel fumes, I yeah. think. Yeah, he, had, he was stuck in Oregon at the moment. So. Oh, well, there you go. There you go, yeah. They just leave. Who knows, knows why he's sniffing down there? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, so, it's on the women. <laughs> <laughs> they all have moustaches. I don't think it's for November. So, so uh, other other things you guys are looking forward to next season. Um, obviously, you can talk about a bunch of things. You got the USL Pro, Concacaf. Uh, you got Concacaf. You got uh, the realignment. You got you're going to be seeing more of Sporting Kansas City and Houston. Kaka. Kaka, Kaka. And the new expansion teams. What 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 are you guys looking forward to next year? Kaka, Kaka. Oh yeah. What if Orlando doesn't visit? <laughs> You're looking forward to the three matches where he's going to contribute something and then be injured for no, the rest of the year. He's going to get kicked. So. I think he's going to be awesome in MLS. I think he could be as well, but yeah. I hope not. Because you know, I, like, I cannot stand the club. As as you don't want to be a retirement league or that sort of stuff. You know, like when Nesta was here, it was it, it was exciting, man. It's like yeah. this is a freaking soccer legend, man, yeah. playing in a real live league where we are you know that's that was cool I'm looking I think every team should have an RP a re, you know designated retirement retired player. player yeah retired player <laughs> why not have one of those guys no seriously we had yeah I think I think uh, you know having a couple guys to score goals and I think we're going to be competitive I really honestly believe we will be next year how do you see it with with Houston and Kansas City making the switch over well, Houston sucks, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> they could be I'm the not sure of Houston. I, if there's anything I'm afraid of, and as much as I hate on Portland, if Portland can fix their back line, they actually could be a good team, right? They're a dangerous yeah. offensive team. They can't defend a U9 girls team, but they, they if they can, and they they've can actually been do that. They've actually even been better. They, they were atrocious to start the year... And they have been better defensively at near the end of the season. Yeah. But so, so did the Whitecaps. Think, Whitecaps got better. In I think game last too. year they they were five saves away from missing the playoffs, which gave them that false sense of thinking how good they were. And they sat on that. They've got a little more firepower. But but anyway, the point being that I'm more worried with uh, Portland fixing their problems, us getting a couple strikers right. And San Jose had some injury problems. You know, maybe they're healthy. Colorado had injury problems. You could be looking. Houston, I'm not afraid of at all. Houston, yeah. Talk even, about this even sporting, I, I, you know, they, they, they got a lot of wins out of the East. How yeah. do they play against all this West? Yeah. I'm more, way more worried about yeah. the teams that are already San here. Jose, Portland. Yeah. I'm more worried about San Jose as well, too. And here's why. And not Houston. Because Dominic Kinnear knows how to run a football club. Mm. And so he's left Houston's going back to San Jose. I think he's going to They're moving into a new stadium. stadium. I think he could really yeah. help them reemerge yeah. to what he did, did there before. No. And I think Houston is going to be not nearly, they're going to be a shadow of their former selves, not much unlike they were this year, especially with Matt Jordan, ex-Montreal yeah. impact keeper, running the show as the GM there. I think they're... And they, and they traded Tally Hall, which can, maybe he's not the greatest MLS keeper, but they traded him to Orlando yeah. for a, a allocation money or a pick or something. Do they have Korean barbecues, though, down in Houston? The Houston, the backup keeper. 
Derek, was that his name? Who knows? Whatever. Anyway, he came in out with when Hall was injured, and, and he played decent, yeah. like, especially against TFC that one game. Yeah, he really, exactly. like stole. So they're, they're whether he they're, meant to make the saves or not. They're making that trade on hope, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's the you're going to go cheap. The Colorado guy who was I, a dishwasher I, on Tuesday, and then making 18 <laughs> saves on Sunday, and then they're like, "Oh, we're going to win the world," and then he sucked, yeah. <laughs> right? What was it, Joe? Uh, Joe Bob Kanash or whatever. <laughs> Joe Bob from Joe Alabama. <laughs> the Colorado guy, man. He, was he so had some nightmare. I can't remember his name, but it was nightmare. Nightmare city. It's hysterical. Couldn't say, man. He's catching the ball, kicking in his own net. <laughs> I asked some of our listeners just for some thoughts on the, on the new alignment and stuff, and there was a couple of interesting things that they came up with. Colonel Turton said he's starting to believe that just have two tables, east and west, and they don't meet during the season. They just you just focus on the west, you just focus on the east. I'm not a big fan of that. I oh. see the I see the merits, but it's going to deprive I, I, people just, in the league of seeing players like I, I'd just be tired of watching the same teams coming into the thing. Yeah. I'm right now. I don't want to see yeah. the same team coming twice. Well, it's like Scotland, they've got ten team divisions, and you play the same team four times. Yeah, that'd be so. I, I agree with that, but it is absolutely ridiculous that that Toronto was in a battle for the last playoff spot in the East. <laughs> yeah. And in the West, like, Por- Portland would have probably finished, what, third? F- second? They could have won it. They could have even won the East. If only they hadn't lost the TFC, they would have been <laughs> the playoffs. <laughs> like, like it, it, it was so... And this year was worse than most, and that's not going to stay the same forever. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it is so absolutely atrocious how how much stronger, the, the how much weaker the East is. There, there's... If nothing else, at least if you separate the tables completely, which I think would be terrible yeah. as as a fan, at least that way you could get a reasonable representation of of you know where your, your yeah. club is, and then meet in the in the MLS. Cup. I'm, I'm working like you were saying about San Jose and Houston. I'm I agree with you. I'm, I'm not concerned with Houston at all. I'm more actually more concerned with uh, LAFC. Whatever they turn out to be, and they're eighty-seven owners. That's that's more concerning that's than two years in the road. Well, I'm still more concerned than yeah. Houston. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a purist, and I would love a single table, and I'd love yeah. promotion and relegation and proper football it's things. Not gonna happen. Yeah, but um, teams will go bankrupt before that happens. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with Goff. I, I think that if we had a ten-team division, we were playing everyone four times each, twice home, twice away. That would be just you'd lose a lot. Yeah, you could go to a lot of away games. At yeah, least, yeah. Greg Petrie at Air Dumb World, he's wondering if Kansas and Houston will actually struggle more next year because they're used to being in the weaker East. So they've, so they've maybe performed well the last couple of years because they've been playing crap. Look at how much Kansas is going to have to travel this yeah. year, too, yeah. compared to what they were They've played like their thuggery ball, right? Yes. You know, so that's not going to translate. They, the West is a lot other than, I guess, New England's played skilled soccer in the East, but it's more thug in the, in the East, right? There's a lot more skillful football happening in the West than there is, and Kansas City doesn't fit that model. So, you know, whether they can thug their way into victories or not is yet to be seen, but I don't see it happening. And Jay makes a, a good point. The travel will start to come in, especially like Kansas to here is, and Houston to here yeah. as well. It's like, Plus you've got to take a horse wagon from Kansas to, to, <laughs> yeah. you know, to the airport, you know, which is four states over, right? You know? And I'm sure there's not many direct flights yeah, yeah. from Kansas City to Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. So. Amish here. 
I think uh, Kansas City that is just a just to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. if you know your geography, that's a fantastic joke. <laughs> so, uh, the the next. Okay. Everybody at St. You just got St. Louis listeners right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> So another uh, topic we should probably discuss about next season is the the USL Pro coming in, wherever they decide Ho- to play. Wherever it is, they're going to play. They're going to the, the maybe they build a barge on the sea and they build the. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Waterfront Stadium, baby, <laughs> <laughs> and it's movable too. Hey, those, uh, and those kids in Thailand did it. Yeah, and they so, could float it underneath various bridges <laughs> and then sell tickets to stand on the yeah. bridge and watch from above. You should work yeah. in the market. <laughs> and you can you can finger gas town and be like, hey, <laughs> you, you can't control us now. <laughs> Up yours, Nimbies. <laughs> so you got the USL Pro and you got uh, the Champions League coming in. Is it going to be a positive? Like you're going to have to play a lot of players? Is it going to be a negative that you know, you're going to have to you're going to be spread out too thin, or what? What, what do you guys well, think? Well, it's going to be positive for guys like us who are going to go and watch 400 matches next year. It might be. It'll be interesting to see how the general public reacts to having all this soccer and, all of and bags of piss thrown and bags of piss thrown. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. That, to that's see just how a new That's like a bit bizarre one that they've come up with. You know, because you're going from a lot of people see like this novelty of this like new sport, you know, this new thousand year old sport coming to town <laughs> and, and, you know, that's wearing off. And now you're going from that novelty to having a USL pro, having the full MLS season and the CCL coming in and people, you know, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see it because I, I actually one of the things I'm most excited for is is the CONCACAF Champions League oh, and too. and seeing well, I, I you, hope you like your Latino girls, you like know me. that. Yeah, so yeah. It, uh, my hope is that we is that we do actually draw one of the Mexican teams, even though it would be probably more difficult than having to go through DC United or or whoever it, you know it ends Seattle. Up. Well, yeah, that would that would, that would be awesome. easy. Yeah, that would be, be both good and horrible. Yes. It would be. But being able to see a, a Cruz Azul or a, or you know one of the big teams yeah, from Mexico yeah. City come up, uh, I I think that would be. And to not only that, for me to watch the game, but also to see what happens in the crowd, to see yeah. how many people yeah. show up, how, how many how many away fans show up, because you know when the Central American teams have always come up here they've drawn pretty well so I'd be interested to see how that all plays out I'm pretty excited I, for it I'm, re- I'm I was really excited this week with the announcement that the this year's the the, the ticketing thing I think the front That's office awesome. it's a big hit got something yeah, I mean, like, really e- right even a grouch like yourself must give the front office some credit I totally to totally no this is a, a great thing that they've done because we didn't make the final this year yeah. they promised us 19, 19 matches we got 18 and now you get both I yeah. think this is a this is a the first step of Saying we value these games, and we want people at these matches. You've already now you have thirteen thousand five hundred seats sold for this that that people get ten thousand going to mm-hmm. right. So we've already got a bigger the, attendance. The next step will be to see what they charge for everyone else yeah. to come and whether folk turn up and whether Even people want yeah. a free ticket. But so but so then and some people were asking our our group account on Twitter this week as we were talking about this and. So yeah, it's on the front office and on the players and whatever to you know do their best in this and help people 
and do marketing and whatever. But I think it's also on us as supporters, those who consider us ourselves supporters, <laughs> to, to also make a big deal about this and to like help yeah. get people getting yeah. get engaged and well, see the value in it. It's important the media as well yeah. talk it up. Totally. And explain exactly... I think you'll see a lot of marketing around the fact like, hey, we could be going to play Real Madrid or Manchester United in the yeah. FIFA Club World Championship. Every MLS club does yeah. that with Which this tournament. we could. Or he's five. Oh, we will. We, we're we're going to win. We'll be the first MLS team to win. See, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I all... Folk are like, hey, we want an MLS team to win the CONCACAF. No, we don't. We want Vancouver to win it. It's like, we want them all to lose. No, no, we're winning this bad boy. The, the nightmare would be that we end up like in a group with something like DC... <laughs> And yeah. some team from El Salvador. Yeah. Nothing against El Salvador. You just don't want to get stuck. Olympia or from Honduras. Yeah, just or some, some ho- horrible thing that you've got an MLS club, which is highly likely that we're going to get. Yeah. Because Montreal got yeah. New York. And this goes back to our discussion earlier on the previous podcast or whatever about okay, who's playing what matches. Because we saw a, an example of the people who've been longtime supporters of, of Portland this year just go through a painful experience where they had their own destiny in their own hand and they were gutted at how at the the squad selection in the balance yeah. of of making the quarterfinals or whatever of the Champions League or MLS playoffs. Oh, man, that was great. Oh, it was great for us. Yeah. And, also, so good. and they lost yeah. out on both. Just yeah. hipster yeah. tears everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, sweet. So I hope we're not in the same boat. Yeah, when it comes down to it. Well, I think it adds, if you drink hipster tears, it adds yeah. ten years to That's your life. That's why you need to win all the early matches, right? No, but you start yeah. winning right at the start of the year. I just don't understand. It's the same, like over in England and Scotland as well. Like teams, they fight so hard to get into Europe, and then they play weak teams when they get into Europe. It's like we fight so hard to get into the Concacaf Champions League. Why would you then field a weaker team mm-hmm. in it? I think Vancouver will treat, take it seriously. I think, I think like you Seattle will ba- take it seriously. But you want a balanced team. You don't want you don't want to put all the your first team, but you want to get some of the first team. Oh yeah. But when you but when you so I think you said, I think you said you could get the points early. Yeah. I think I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Portland did that. They had both yeah. beaten the other team home and away. Yeah. And then oh, Portland had won it. Stuck in league. Oh MLS points. Yeah. MLS yeah. points. Yeah, okay. Touche. Yeah, that's true. But we've got lots of time to talk about that next season. Now it's time for everyone's favourite game show. 30 seconds to Mars. So, this is part two of 30 Seconds to Mars. Just to give you a very quick score update from part one and episode 84 of the podcast. Uh, coming from behind, as he likes it that way, in third place is Slamo with 15 points. In the middle of the, of the sandwich is Zach. That, with, they call that the meat. Yep, he's, he's the meat. He's got a meaty 16 points. And the top gun just now, Jay Duke with 17 points. Can he hold on or will he blow it? So, quick recap on the rules. You have three questions, 30 seconds to answer. Michael will be scoring your answers. Yes. There might be pings, there might be something else. First question goes to Slamo. The holding midfield position, you got three guys who really played well this year at that position Matias Laba, Kofi, Tybert. Laba's obviously going to be a starter if he's a DP. Kofi and Tybert, what do you do with them? Who do you start? And 
What kind of combination do you do there? Wow. Uh, well, I think uh, there's going to be lots of playing time next year, and we're going to expect Laba's going to get at least one game suspension for yellows. So that'll give a... He likes touching balls. <laughs> he likes touching balls. So there's also the CCL. There's going to be plenty of time for each to play. Uh, so yeah, I would have probably Gersh is going to be the main second DM in there and then Russell will be filling in and he can also play up some uh, wings sometime because I know Robo loves him and he's going to want to get him in there so I think we're going to see uh, Russell playing wide once in a while as well so five points there from Slamo Zach uh, yeah excellent answer Slamo I think yeah, there's lots of playing time so we have Major League Soccer we have CONCACAF Champions League we have Voyagers Cup uh, uh, MLS Cup uh, so there's going to be lots of games in the, for the first team. And uh, so, yeah, I think Matias Lava is the primary uh, holding central midfielder for our team. Uh, I think also when we play, we play 4-4, four, four, we might play 4-4-2 four, four, next year more than we play 4-2-3-1. Uh, and if we play 4-2-3-1, two, four, two, four, two, I think both Russell and Gersh will share that time. Uh, if we play... If we play four four two, I think both Russell and Gersh can play those other spots in the diamond as well. I can't wait to see Russell and Gersh play on the team. <laughs> Russell and Gersh. Jay Duke. I think it's it's gotta be Gersh and Kofi as far as your number one, number two defensive midfielder over the two of them. Uh, he just has a bit more of a skill set as that destroyer. Uh, he's willing to go forward a little bit more often. Bing. Uh, and he's right now. He's a little smarter defensively. The only thing I'll I'll say is that um, it, it's going to be a really good opportunity to have uh, give Kofi a bit of a break and have uh, Russell be able to come in and develop himself further in that DM role because it's been Bing. the best that he's looked while he's been with the Whitecaps. I should get bonus points for being the only 30-second guy. Oh, you should. I Just because you ran out of things to say doesn't <laughs> mean... It's because I'm watching the clock. Well, I was four points <laughs> to, to Jay there, and... Oh, it's, it's tightened up like... Nothing. It's like, Slamo and Zach have got 20 points now, and Jay is one ahead with 21. Okay, so next question, and we'll be starting with Zach. The Whitecaps going to have a lot of young players on the roster next year. Other than Mane, which young player do you think has the biggest impact? And I'll give you some options here. You got Sam Kube, You got Marco Carducci. You can you be organizational too. It just doesn't have to be MLS. Keon's Froze and Marco Bustos or other if there's somebody else like Christian Dean or something like that. So, Zach, you're first. And one player, please. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Marco Bustos. Bing. And I think it's going to be Marco Bustos because he's going to get... Uh, a ton of playing time for the USL Pro side. Bing. I think he's going to get Voyager's Cup playing time. Bing. I think he's going to get some MLS minutes playing time, both Bing. as a uh, spot substitute and as a spot starter. Uh, and I think it's going to be uh, Marco Bustos because he offers something so different than uh, all our other young players Bing. in that he is both an amazing creator and he can score incredible goals. Bing. Six points for Zach there. Takes him into the lead. Jay. I'm going to say Kian's froze. And Bing. this changes for me from last year because I would have said Marco Bustos. But Kian's froze looks more like he is ready to play MLS today. Bing. 
He's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit stronger. And he can play so many different positions. He could play up top. He could play just behind the striker on the wing. And I think that will will uh, do well for him as he... Uh, as opportunities come up where there might be a suspension or an injury that he could fill in Bing. a little bit more admirably than Mar- uh, than Marco Bustos. And I want to give an honorable mention to uh, Marco Carducci because I think there's gonna, he's going to play a ton of time in uh, USL and with the Voyager's Cup. So five points there for Jay. So Jay and Zach are now tied in 26. Oh, it's smash by Slamo. Okay, Slamo, young player. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say the same with Jay and go with Cans uh, because for the basically the same reason. So instead, I'm gonna go with Sam because I think that uh, Jordan has been playing a lot of minutes, and either we're gonna lose him in the expansion draft or he's gonna face some injury time, and Sam's gonna step in and play like a pro and gets lots of minutes and maybe even win the starting uh, job in the long haul. And on top of that, he'll be getting USL Pro time and he'll be getting Voyager's Cup time. So I can see him having a big impact in all three of those uh, venues. And I think he'll be the only one who will will be doing that of all the young guys. So five points there for Slamo. So Slamo's still coming up the rear with 25 and then tied at the top. Jay and Zach with 26. It's all, all up to this. I have... I'm holding in my hand a fun size mini Mars bar. Squidgy. It's hot. It's moist. One of you could have Slightly your melted. lips around this in a few minutes' time. So, third question. We've obviously had four members inducted into the Ring of Honor this year. Who is your lock? And who should be one of the people inducted next year? And by lock, we don't mean hair lock, because that would be Myra Rosales that would get in. Jay, you're first up. Here is going to be uh, an unfortunate answer for some of you. I'm going to say Jay Demerit, and it's going to be... (laughs) With that, Jay's chance of winning is gone. It's going to be uh, not because I think he deserves to be in the Ring of Honor next year, but just because Jay Demerit was the face of the franchise. He was brought in... Uh, when the MLS era started, to be their captain, to be the the Mr. Marketing. He's been out doing all of the, the commercials and the ads and all of the stuff in the media, on breakfast television, uh, driving his Demero around town, marrying the, the pretty girl and, and being Mr. Vancouver. And, he, and he's now continuing his role as an ambassador of the club. And for that reason, I think that the Whitecaps, even though I might not agree with it, will be giving Jay Demerit, putting him in the Ring of Honor. Uh, I've marked down four ticks there for Jay. That's four ticks off his score of 26. <laughs> Minus four, Jay finishes on 22. So essentially, that's why also if people are scoring at home, I let him go on for about a minute because I knew he wasn't <laughs> yeah. getting any points anyways. He he even used the word franchise. (laughs) Okay, Slamo. Okay, I'm going with uh, Martin Nash because he was a write-in vote on my first ballot. So we've got got people from the NASL era. We have the women's representative. We have uh, 86ers. So it's time to recognize that USL era. And I think Martin Nash is the face of the franchise from that time. We won championships with them. 
He was a great ambassador for the club. Bing, he was a supporter bing. of the supporters. Bing. He was a friend of the fans. Uh, played for Canada at Bing. a time when our club wasn't known for national players or international players. That's your 30 seconds up. You scored plus six, but you lost one again for same franchise. So five points for Slamo. Yeah, you did. Face of the... Uh, you know, you know though, he just, the, the fact of the matter is, is Jay Demerit was a MS, MLS quality player and, and, and Marty Nash just couldn't, couldn't cut it. That's the, that's the big, no, he was, oh, he was 36. He, he was, no, he was 34. He was 34. No, he was 34. And he could have played, they wanted him in yeah. a lesser role. Though. Yeah. It, it, in retrospect on how 2011 went. Yeah. He could have easily contributed. I was, I was just trying to rile up. Yeah. And Michael. just a quick update on the score. Uh, Jay Duke has just Terry Dunfield <laughs> in that first season. Nobody. So just an update on the score as well. Um, Jay lost another couple points, even though it wasn't his turn. David <laughs> <laughs> twenty. So next up, no is... scored minus bit in this before, but because no, this is the first ever. If he gets minus, do I get a Mars bar off him? Possibly. Okay. Um, Zach, you're the last up. Wait, what's the score? No, 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 you oh. gotta know. And I am giving minus points, just remember. Ready? Go. I would have to agree that Martin Mash, I think, is the lock for the next, uh, the next, uh, Ring of Honor Bing. candidate. He, uh, was a quality footballer. He represented our club well. He represented Canada well. Bing. He, for the goal he scored, the free kick goal he scored away to Portland alone in the, in the, in the USL Cup. I think he should be on there. Bing. Uh, he's got good connections to the community. Uh, he's got good connection Bing. to the club still, despite how things ended for him with the, with the club. Our club. Oh. Zach scored four points there it's that tie. took him to a tie with Slamo in first oh, place. Tie. But an account back system. Zach did not give enough love to Myra Rosales <laughs> over the two podcasts. So we have a winner. The winner of our Mars Bar this week with 30 seconds to War Mars winner. It is Slamo. That was 30 seconds to Mars. I'm going to eat it right now. No, the music outro. I need a Mars Bar. I need a Bar to help me through the day. I need a Mars Bar. So just before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, we're going to do a new section that I'm calling Do You Remember Your First Time? So, do you remember your first time? I do, I do actually. <laughs> and the first time I'm talking about is the first time you went to a professional football match. Not like a high school game or a college game, but an actual professional football match. Could be club, could be country. We threw it out on Twitter, we'll give you some of the responses from there. Big Mac at CP underscore CNC. This was Whitecaps at Old Empire, sitting in the wooden benches. The highlights were the end of the game where team kicked balls into the stands. Don't think you can do that these days for health and safety. Matthew DeCap at uh, Elison X. 
His is Cyprus v Portugal, Euro 2012 qualifier in Nicosia. They didn't print enough tickets and they had to open the gates to stop a riot. Love Cyprus, never got to see a game there, went there for a week about 10 years ago. Wonderful country, really recommend a little trip. Carnell Turton, his was year two of MLS, Whitecaps v Seattle. He'd watched the Whitecaps from TV before, but that was the first time that he was there and he just thought it was something else. Rose Rago, Rose underscore Rago, hers was, she's a Toronto fan, but don't hold that against her. Her first one, she's also Italian, don't hold that against her. So her first one was a Barry match over in Italy. When she was six, three fans started an impromptu, an impromptu drum circle with buckets. She joined in. Then a group grew, and by the end of the match, there was at least 100 people making shift drums parading around. Barry lost 2-1. It was a late game header that came from an expertly that came from an expertly placed corner in the 83rd minute. I'll never forget that, she says. Van Can Toon Fan says, definitely saw the Caps in their first season at BC Place in the NASL days, about 83 he says, and a couple of indoor matches at the Coliseum. But he was too young to remember anything else really apart from the excitement that he felt. Does he even remember who they were playing? Uh, Joe M at Joe Sports said his first match was the Caps' first game in MLS at Empire. He said that was a great first experience. Sloan Garrett at Sloan Gar said, Bizarrely, Caps won Philly nil. 18th of June, 2011 at Empire. Excellent free seats from a work contact. Rashat Beer. So the game Rashat scored from the nice build-up. Oh, yeah, because it's Rashat 12th minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the... So if you're scoring at home, that's we almost got through two podcasts without <laughs> mentioning Alan uh, Just the last one we're going to have from Twitter: Swedish underscore Whitecap at Oscar A Melander. It was an A I K game. Mm. It was an A I K game in Sweden. A I K won something like five nil, and a guy scored a hat trick. It was a sunny day in '97. There's some quality supporters there. If you look at the uh, Ultras Tifo net and watch the recent derby between AIK and Malmo. Well, they don't have much to do in the winter apart from make Tifo, so they've, they've got like months to, to do that. There was more than one Tifo in that game, I believe, too. So, Zach, what, what, was, what was your... <clears throat> when did you pop your cherry? Uh, the match I remember being my first real live meaningful match was... Uh, oh, June... I want to say June 8th or June 9th. Wednesday, June 8th or Wednesday, June 9th. 1994, it was Varsity Stadium. It was Canada hosting the DFB in uh, a pre-World Cup friendly match. And uh, my my two best friends had got me into football. One was Portuguese and one was Italian. We were getting for, we're ready for the World Cup. The Portuguese guy was excited about Brazil. The Italian guy was excited about Italy. They said, you're German. You cheer for Germany. And so I was like, okay, cool. And they're like, oh, they're reigning champions. I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. And so I, I just started to get into it. And then another Romanian buddy from school said, I'm going to the game. I said, can you buy me a ticket? He said, yeah, come with us. So my parents let me skip school and uh, went to the game. And uh, it was awesome. Um, uh, it was a game where uh, I got to see a, a Matthias Sammer header off of Andreas Brim across in the first half. We were almost right in front of me. We were like second row on the 18-yard box, and then Rudy Fuller scored in the second half. It's also the game where uh, Dave Norman played in the game, 
And he had a solid tackle that knocked Mario Bassler out of the World Cup for Germany. For Germany. Um, and you've never forgiven him for that. No, since. no, I've talked to him about it, but uh, no, uh, no, it was, it, it was Dave did nothing wrong, but uh, but Mario got hurt. But um, no, that was my first game, and then and I had a German flag with me, but I've been to the only other time that Canada and Germany played, 2003, and it was in Wolfsburg, and I was all in Canada gear, supporting Canada, hanging out with the De Guzmans. Oh, I knew you were going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Slamo. Uh, well, I was thinking uh, Canada and El Salvador at Swangard sometime in the 90s, but then when you were reading that, I remember uh, uh, Minnesota Kicks. We were in a tournament in Minneapolis when I was a kid, I don't know, 13 years old, like maybe 1982, I guess. And we went to the old uh, Metrodome and watched uh, Minnesota Kicks play. So that would have been my first game. Nice. I, the, I don't really remember who they played or anything, but I remember I played uh, before I played for Club Italia, which is the team I was on the tournament with. I played for Croatia Kicks, so everyone was teasing me about that. That's kind of my only real solid memory from that. Other than the place was really big, being from Thunder Bay, I was like, uh, <laughs> never seen a stadium like that before. Or electricity. Or, or electricity. inside toilets. Yeah. Yeah. The horses we took down to the stadium. <laughs> so, Jay, when, when did you lose your football virginity? I was, I'm one of the uh, MLS converts, uh, being, being from the the interior of BC and uh, not really having... Uh, Inside toilets? Yeah, yeah. Electricity. We didn't have cable. Horses. We had the CBC. That was on the on the bunny ears. So, um, no. So, and it was actually a, a, a bit of a fluke as well because um, I had actually, I broke my leg playing hockey, just beer league hockey. And so I was off work right when the, when 2011, right through... Uh, you know, February, March, April in there. And uh, the first game came on and I had nothing to do. I'm sitting on the couch with no work and no nothing going on. And, and Hey, well, well, check out the new, like the MLS team. That, that looks cool. This will kill two hours. And I was amazed. Of course the game was, was a fantastic game to, you know, hook new fans and stuff. But um, so I think it was the, the third game of the year that I finally got out to, um, because I was on a broken leg and so it was kind of difficult getting around, but I crutched myself in and I think it was New England, uh, oh, that they played. Like a great game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, was that the Hasley yeah. Jersey yeah. thing? Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was my first one. And I, I would just remember being amazed. I've been to hockey games in the past, uh, not, not a ton, but my dad had, you know, taken me growing up to Canucks games and stuff like that once in a while. And I remember um, just being at, at at the Tempire, the, the temporary empire out there. Tempire. Tempire. It was like it was unlike anything I, I in a live atmosphere that I had. And you know the fans are are cheering and even I. You guys make fun of it, but the drum cafe. I don't. I it, I didn't really love it or anything, but it was part of the whole atmosphere. And and I was like I didn't. I didn't know all this, uh, all this stuff went on. And I went with a, a friend who was a big soccer fan, and they were they were like, "Yeah, this is what going to a live soccer game is like." And I was like, "This is awesome! This There's is so like good." Two red cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Gersh, Eric, and then who? Suarez. Was, was it Suarez? Toledo? Was the ref? Was it Toledo? Yeah. Toledo, yeah. So Steve, um, Delhi v Bombay. Or? No, um, it was uh, eighty six after the eighty six World Cup. 
um, we got excited over watching, um, you know, the Canada being in there. So I convinced my dad, let's go out to some games. And that was when CSL, basically 87, um, went to, I think my first game, I can't remember what the score was, but first game was Hamilton Steelers against the Vancouver Whitecaps. First game I remember, because it was a playoff game, was the Edmonton Brickmen against the Whitecaps. And that, I think we won 2-1 on that one. And so, the, and that's the year, what, first chance to watch Dominic Mobilio and became a lifetime fan of moves. Well, for me, it was 1984. My granddad used to take me to non-league football in the town that I grew up. But the first pro game that I went to was East Fife. Um, Scottish Cup, third round replay. We were in the second tier, sorry, third tier at the time, which was the bottom tier. Playing Hibs, top team in the Premier League. We drew now now in the first leg, and that game was on TV, and I'd watched the highlights, and I was like, you know, I want to go and support my local team. Got someone that was going to give me a lift there, so I went along to that. East Fife produced one of their cup shocks, one 2 nothing. The official capacity was something like six or 8,000, but there was about twelve or 15,000 that were crammed in because folk were climbing over the walls and everything. Uh, a bit of violence as well, bottles getting thrown. It was a fantastic experience. Then that hooked me to be an East Fife fan, and I've since had what, 30 years of depression since then. Um, my first Whitecaps game was in October 2001, and it was Whitecaps versus Rochester in the playoffs, and the Whitecaps were on a tear, were favourites, hadn't lost at home all season. I went to the game, brought my East Fife lucky charm with me, and the Whitecaps got kicked out of the playoffs. So that's my story, and that's it for this episode of the podcast. So we'll just quickly go around the table, and we'll hear from everyone as to where they can find you online. Jay. I'm at J-A-Y underscore Duke on Twitter, and occasionally writing for AFTN. Slamo. At Slamo, S-S-S-L-A-M-O. Zach. Zachary Adam Eisenhower is at Zachary <laughs> at Zachary AM on Twitter. The movement is uh, at Curva Collective. Steve and I'm Steve. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Whitecaps Beat. No movements from you. No movement. No, once a day. <laughs> I, I've been going to Sula Restaurant on Commercial Drive, best Indian restaurant I find in Vancouver in the Lower Mainland. So you're a lot of movement. Yeah, a lot of movement after that. <laughs> Never mind Ring of Fauna, it's like Ring of Fire. <laughs> but I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. Also, the beat report for the Whitecaps are MLSsoccer.com. Um, and you can just find me on lots of different websites. And of course, like Pornhub.com. <laughs> promoting Dick Insider, because as we all know from the start of the show, I love nothing more than a good dick insider. <laughs> so until next time, thanks for listening. Make sure your wife has a good dick insider. And all that we've left to say is... Mon the Caps! When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons... On the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?